Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to another episode of Tennis Channel Inside In on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels, from our Santa Monica studios. We get ready for the Australian Open less than 48 hours away. It's uh, It's been a journey to get here and uh, joined now on the line by uh, TC Talent, former top 15 player Jan Michael Gamble. Jan Michael, welcome to the show. Uh, can't ever remember a lead up to uh, anything tennis related like we're, like we're seeing right now. Yeah, Mitch, it's... Uh... Thanks for having me. It's, it's been a whirlwind, obviously, most of it surrounding Novak Djokovic and his decision to go there. It seems like un, unvaccinated or, or this whole thing wouldn't have been an issue. But uh, And the decisions of the Australian government going back and forth and now back again, it just, it's a lot. It's a lot to digest and you can have opinions on various points of it. There's there's so many different things that have, have come of this and it's it's too bad because there's a lot of good tennis to be played and there's, there's other stars that hopefully will shine in this event and, and, and have their chance in the limelight as well. Yeah. A couple of things that I've never seen before in following tennis, uh, a draw delayed, or they said canceled until further notice delayed. That was very, <laughs> very different than everybody just tuned in to watch what, what ended up being an Australian health announcement, just an update on the pandemic that had nothing to do with tennis. But as we record this right now, uh, his visa was canceled for the second time after it was reinstated. Uh, there's an appeal process. We don't know how long that's going to go, but we do know that the tournament starts on Sunday night. So there will be matches to be played. And you mentioned the other players, the other ramifications of this. How about the draw itself? If Djokovic is removed, if he decides to leave, if if he's out, officially out before Sunday, then it becomes the domino effect of his first-round opponent, Kekmanovic, who doesn't even know who he's going to be, be playing right now. He would get Andre Rublev, the Five seed would move up to Djokovic's spot. Monfils would go up. Gail Monfils would go up to Rublev's spots. Bublek would go up to Monfils, and then we'd have a lucky loser. So there's a lot of ramifications, and it should be pointed out that it doesn't just affect one player in the draw. A lot of players don't know who they're playing. I know we talked the first time, Jan Michael, and you mentioned how players don't really look at the draw too much, but you kind of have to know who you're playing that first match. <laughs> well, you, you certainly look at the draw as to who your opponent is in, in the round that is that is. Mm-hmm. forthcoming so you you definitely want to know that and you know this is obviously extenuating circumstances this is not a normal uh you know happenstance it, it, it's it's going to go down in history as one of the craziest things that's happened before a slam like this and and you know what the pandemic has brought forth so many of these things that you know it's got to be public first you got to take mm-hmm. care of people and before a tennis tournament but uh we are a tennis network so we're going to have to talk about the tennis as well and it certainly would be Weird for for Kekmanovic, he's gonna he needs to think that he's gonna have a tough first round opponent regardless. It's mm. gonna be a tough one either way for him. You know, Bublik moving into a seed spot will would be interesting. You know, that would then affect lucky loser Ernesto Escobedo, who I worked with, and that would give him a lucky loser. So that that would be a different different look. And and Bublik plays a certain way, so Ernesto is gonna have to certainly look at it and say, oh, I could play any any number of different kinds of players. They probably aren't gonna play like Bublik. So, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting how this can be affected. 
And if they wait, 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 wait until, you know, the tournament starts, then, then that changes things again. And, the, and, the, and it won't be as much movement. A lucky loser would slide into that Novak spot. Yeah, still very messy. It's been about nine, ten days now of uh, not knowing what's going to happen as of recording time. Again, he's, his visa's been canceled and appeal hearing's coming. Still messy, still a big distraction, but there is a lot of great tennis going on, especially on the men's side of this Australian Open. And uh, one of the guys who's been very pragmatic with his game, with some of his comments of the whole thing, Rafael Nadal, he, uh, they didn't, for a 20-time major champion, uh, Jam Michael, they didn't really do him any favors in this draw. I know for sure it's random, but this is uh, as tough of a run as Rafa has had. Is he starting to feel the ramifications of slipping a little bit in the rankings out of that top four? It is as tough a draw I can remember seeing Rafa have in a Grand Slam. Well, yeah, you know, Rafa's done it 20 times, gotten through a draw. You never know exactly who you're going to play. I, I, I'm a proponent of, of having 16 seeds versus the 32, which I think pads the top guys a little bit, mm. gives them some, yeah. a couple of less tough matches. Never loved that seeding format, but I'm, I'm in the minority on that, that opinion. So um, it can be tough. You know, you, to win a slam, you got to get through a lot of tough players. I like how Rafa's playing so far this year. He was. Uh, tested. He's already won an event, and uh, you know, going up against a player and cresting the finals of that event, where it, it's the kind of player that can kind of give Rafa some fits, where he doesn't quite get the groove, forced to kind of improvise in some good passing shots, and he and he played well and got through a, a, a top opponent. You know, Cressy's playing some some really good balls, some some different kind of tennis, which is fun to watch. So I, I also think though that Rafa's kind of sliding in under the radar in this event. Nobody's really talking about the fact that maybe he could come through and. You know, I get some inspiration. I, I don't count Rafa out of these events. Yeah, it would be, uh, it would just to be quickly be Hatchinoff, Herkosh, and then Zverev to get to the semifinals if it all goes according to plan. I, I agree with you that he's sliding under the radar. Getting a tournament win, even if it is a quote-unquote tune-up, is good for him. I, I think the biggest thing, too, and I'm curious your opinion on this, the fact that he's played a lot of Australian Opens. It's his least successful slam, although he's won it, made the finals a bunch, but... He, uh, he hasn't always made it out in full health. And I think in a weird way, maybe a, a good silver lining way, going through what he did, being injured at the end of the year, having COVID, he's probably coming into this tournament as recharged and uh, as close to full health as he's done in recent Australian Open memories. Yeah, you know, you see Rafa making some decisions that are kind of big ones for his, for his well-being, his, his physical and mental health, taking a little bit more time off than we've seen him in the past. So, uh, it does look like he's physically fit and ready to go. You know, the, the players you mentioned are all pretty much guys that are going to try to beat him from the baseline. So, you know, Rafa knows what he's up against against those players, and it, he knows how to beat baseliners. You know, you know he, he, he has the answers. If he can play on this court, he's going to have a ton of, of practice on it. He's already – his first time he played was, was right there. So he's, he's actually got good action there in Melbourne and, and – you know, I, I think he's ready to go. I'm, I'm really excited to see what Rafa can accomplish at this year's Australian Open. There is definitely an opportunity for him to uh, to make a move and, and, like you said, fly under the radar. I think it's it's crazy to say, but it's true. He No one's really talking about the guy who's tied for first in all-time Grand Slams. Somebody else that people are talking about, and I think it's uh, it feels like it could be a moment, could be the time. Alexander Zverev, I think at the time of this recording, was right along up there with Medvedev and behind Djokovic, depending on if he plays as one of the favorites of this tournament. It feels like it could or should be, depending on how you look at it, time for him to break through. Jan Michael, he's beaten everybody at all the other tournaments except for majors. He's got multiple year-end championships. 
He's got multiple Masters titles, an Olympic gold medal now. This feels like it should be his time. Do you think he's on the cusp of some greatness going into maybe not just this tournament, but 2022 in general? Well, certainly, I think that he's absolutely. I mean, it's a handful of guys that you you look at in, in, in these events that could come through and, and be the eventual champions. So of course, there's some outliers that, you know, we all want to see those those outliers make moves. And I think it's exciting to see new faces deep in these draws, semifinals, finals. But uh, Jared, obviously, you know, finals of the U.S. Open was was right there serving for it. So he's, he's as close as pretty much anybody's been. Um, can he play well in the hard courts? Clearly. So he, <laughs> I think, is, is definitely one to look at. You know, Medvedev sort of also, you know, you got to give Medvedev the nod as, as one of the better ground strokers out there on the hard court. Certainly three out of five sets. He's got the confidence to, to get through it. You know, Zverev is, is definitely in my, in my you know, one hand of, of players, I think top three, that you'd have to at least the four front runners of all these events. Maybe, maybe not um, the clay yet necessarily, but, uh, you know, on the hard courts, uh, I give him the nod. Do you think it's mental with him in best of five or majors? Because it's clearly not a fitness issue. It's, you know, like we say with certain players that they're not in the shape to go to war with these guys. He can play for hours on end. It just hasn't happened. Maybe it was the the, the scar tissue, as Jim Courier said, about losing a U.S. Open final when you're serving for it. Do you think it's kind of a mental block that's the last thing to overcome? Well, absolutely. That was, that was a tough thing to deal with. And I think that it's going to be a tough thing for him to kind of just put into the path when he again serves for a championship. I think that it's going to be, it's probably going to happen, you know, and he's got to block that out. And, you know, we talk about so often as a player and then when I was coaching and, you know, all those different areas of the sport, you're talking about play one point at a time. It's easier said than done when you're trying to serve out a set and trying to serve out a match. It's far easier said than done to do it uh, when you're serving out a grand slam. I, I like the way he's playing tennis. He's, his, his defense is solid. He's playing more offensive than we've seen him in the past. So some of the good tennis that he started there at that U.S. Open, being more offensive from the ground strokes, um, I think is in his favor. So I think that that game style is really putting him in a lot of good positions, certainly. So, yeah, there's going to be that mental thing, but you've you got to get over it and, and move on. He's still playing you know, amazing tennis uh, and continuing to, to beat the top players, like you said, in the world. So, I think the time will tell us, but it's, it's, it's going to come. Certainly has that capability. Uh, one of the guys you can count on one hand to be a real contender at this tournament. Medvedev won the last major, the U.S. Open on hard courts. He's looking for the quote-unquote Naomi Osaka double here. And uh, I just think his form, you mentioned just being solid, his baseline game, and I guess his baseline energy level, it's just always going to be consistent. In, in a weird way, you mentioned maybe the mental challenges of Zverev. I look at Medvedev as a guy... Jan Michael, who winning that first major kind of took that pressure off of people that said, well, you can't win it. And he might actually play even more relaxed going forward in these majors. Well, absolutely. Medvedev, I mean, he did what nobody could last year, and, and that was beat Novak Djokovic in a major. It was just incredible the way that he played there. And pretty much, you know, it, it was as much of a domination of Novak Djokovic as, as I've seen in a tennis match. I was kind of floored by how well Medvedev played in that in that match defensively. And then offensively, he's so so difficult to hurt uh, with how far back he can play and, and really hurt you. He changes direction so well with both the forehand and backhand. Impressive stuff. So, you, you know, he's, he's definitely, I think, a favorite to, to get through far into this event. I don't know about more so than Novak. Novak, if he can play, 
halfway, he's going to have to focus through a lot of stuff, including possibly a very hostile crowd, which might not necessarily hurt him. He's played in front of hostile crowds before. Um, but Medvedev, again, I love his game for the hard courts. He's going to be a tough, tough out. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Dan Michael Gamble here on Tennis Channel Inside In. Well, looking at the rest of the players in the Australian Open field, and, you know, this ties into a bigger point. There's the American watch. There's so many players now in the top 100. But as Riley Opelka put it perfectly, they don't really have the world beaters just yet. Uh, A lot of players that could make an impact in this tournament, though. And, uh, unfortunately, some early clashes with some Americans or, or looming clashes with Americans who do you think going into this into this tournament, Jan Michael, do you think on the American side stands out as a player you're going to be monitoring as potentially having the capabilities to make a deep run? Well, I love a couple of the young Americans. Uh, Sebi Korda has a match against Norian. All the pressure is going to be on Cam Norian mm-hmm. in that match. That's going to be a tough one. I think it's a tough one for Nori. You know, he had a great year last year. Can he follow it up this year? Well, we'll find that out. Teddy Corner did have COVID early when he when he landed there in Australia, so he's had to take some time off, but he's had some time on the courts now. That's an interesting matchup for me. I think the pressure is also on Berrettini. Boy, Nakashima returns awfully well, and he's been playing well down under so far, so Berrettini's going to need to serve well, be consistent. Nakashima's not really affected by the pressure of the matches that he plays, so that is interesting. Um, we'll keep an eye on that one. He, Opelka, he's... <laughs> He's playing in a former U.S. Open finalist in yeah. Kevin Anderson. So that's going to be, obviously, that's a big serving match. You know, you, it's going to be hard to see who gets through that one. You know, it's interesting what Riley said. He said that we don't have the ones that are going to get through winning the tournament yet. But I think we have right now, which is a good thing again, we have some upset makers. Maybe not the world beaters yet because the confidence comes from making those upsets more and more often. And then all of a sudden, if you keep doing that, then the ranking is, your ranking moves up and you're one of them. And now you now you perhaps have a world beater. So it takes being able to go into those tough matches, come up with the upsets, not be afraid of your opponents. You know, don't give them too much credit. When you walk out on the court, own your game, and then all of a sudden you feel like you're one of the ones that can, can get through and, and win these events. So mm-hmm. um, those are kind of the big ones for me. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. There are these upset makers. Tommy Paul playing well. Taylor Fritz, Francis mm-hmm. Tiafo. Those two, Fritz and Tiafo, could meet in the second round. Uh, and and I think, you know, Opelka with the first round tough match kind of highlights a bigger point I wanted to make in that we kind of saw it with Francis a couple of years ago. Sometimes, in a way, it's better to be, you know, have that big test early, have that big first or second round match. You win that, it's it's no it's no given, obviously, but... The confidence builds, and then you can really explode as opposed to just, you know, not really facing that top level early. So I'm excited for that. Also, Isner Cressy, a good first round match. Got to give a shout a out. Great match. Got to give a shout out to to Max Cressy. It's been an interesting year for him, and his style of play is certainly what would be considered a throwback. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's it's unfortunate that Fritz and Tiafo will possibly play second round. I'd love to see those guys both make good runs. And Fritz certainly turned his game up last year, so. Maybe he's the American to sort of also keep an eye on. As to, perhaps he could go deep in a slam. 
uh, his slam results, uh, you know, could be could be better. Maybe this is the year that he starts to take ownership of those. He's been doing the hard hard work there on that. So excited to see him sort of have those good results and, and believe in himself because I think he's got the game to do it. Just means maybe a little bit more confidence on the big points and be a little more consistent. And 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 I think he can get some some great wins. Big John against Cressy. That's going to be a really interesting match. Uh, I don't know if Cressy's played against that big of a server you know Cressy obviously owning uh, a giant serve himself as, as you must if you're going to be a servant volleyer love the volleying style of Cressy keeps things so simple uh, his, his uh, fundamentals on those volleys allow him to play that way it's not an easy thing even if you have that big serve to be able to, to be a servant volleyer because that's why it's, uh, it's maybe for a long time it was a dying breed and now maybe if there's a resurgence he says he wants to inspire some servant volleyers and I love that uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup to see I would be very surprised if we don't have a few tiebreakers in, in that match there. Yeah, that's probably the safest bet in the whole tournament. And uh, <laughs> I think so. The, the last thing I wanted to mention, I mean, Andy Murray got a wild card, but the way he's playing, he doesn't really you know, seem like he's a wild card entry. Uh, he gets Bazis Feely in the first round. They've had some wars themselves, but he just beat Opelka last night and uh, he continues to go. He's in the final, taking on Karatsev in that tournament coming up here, but you know, he keeps elevating. He keeps improving his game. You could see how much he enjoys the process of playing and figuring things out. And the other factor, too, that gets lost in the shuffle, he's got an unbelievable record against these big servers. Like, he just figures out he was lobbing Opelka last night. I think he's undefeated against Isner. This is a guy that just enjoys playing and I think enjoys the process of getting better. Yeah, absolutely. Andy Murray, what a story. I mean, what a fantastic ambassador for our sport. So I love seeing him back on the court. I love his fire. I love his angry attitude when he steps foot on the court. It's what got him so far. You know, he's such a great guy off the court. Uh, he sort of, sort of has – I'm a Gemini myself, but he's, I feel like he should be. I don't know what his, what his birthday is. Uh, but uh, he competes so well. The return of serve has always been one of his best assets, and he loves the target. So I knew that Riley was going to have his hands full with that match against Murray yesterday. I don't mind – I wouldn't mind seeing Andy Murray get wild cards for some time if that's what he needs. The guy was former number number one in the world. Um, he's done so much for the sport. That's what wild cards are for. Um, obviously, they're also for getting young guys, up-and-come players, um, you know, opportunities. But that's why there's more than one wild card. Champions like that, when they've gone through so much, certainly deserve opportunities to get back. And he's going to be back. This is great to see him in a final. Also nice to see Karatsev playing well down under. You know, he had that great result, all all those great results last year. He needs to back him up or that ranking could go down south pretty quickly. So that's going to be a fun final to watch there. Andy Murray, Taurus missed the Gemini by six days. Just a week <laughs> off. One, one week <laughs> off is crazy. But, no, I, I agree. It's, it's just fun to watch him play, especially someone that's accomplished Yeah, that match so is really. They just, they just battled for three-plus hours, you know, about three hours-ish um, in their last – match that just a two out of three set match so that five setter could uh could go the distance who knows maybe he solved the riddle though and he goes out there and plays extremely well against basil Schwele. but it's never easy against one of the biggest hitters in the, in the game in basil Schwele. any other players on the men's side uh before we switch to the women any other men that you think could, could take advantage of this make a breakthrough run uh at this at this aussie slam well i think there's there's Tons of, of great talent there, but Felix Ojealiasim, I think mm. he's playing some fantastic tennis. They did, certainly did well at the at the cup uh, ATP Cup alongside Shapo, who I think you know plays well on the hard courts, gets excited with the good crowds. So, not sure how good the crowds will be down under. 
this year, unfortunately, some of the best crowds in the world. I always loved playing in Australia. It's such a fantastic place when those, when those crowds are full. But obviously, with COVID, a little bit different. Uh, but there is also Guillermo Fis, who's playing well down under. You know, you can look at uh, Alcaraz. What's he going to do? He sure played well at the, at the U.S. Open. So there's, there's some really good young talent that's really exciting. Yeah, Alcaraz, if he gets Berrettini, that would be a heck of a fourth-round matchup. Um, I agree with you on uh, Felix Ojeda-Aliassime with how he's playing. Could be Yannick Sinner's moment, and no one's really talking mm. about no one's really talking about Tsitsipas through the elbow injury. You wonder about the health. But, yeah, they aren't. But if he's healthy, this is a guy who's got that top-flight game, one of the best players in the world. So I am also excited to see how it shakes out and what kind of draw we get after a couple of matches. Uh, more with Jan Michael Gamble here on Tennis Channel Inside In, looking at the women's draw now. They they haven't had the drama filled the lead up to this, but what we do have is a field that has a lot of Grand Slam champions, the depth of the game, maybe not as power co- concentrated at the top, but the depth is crazy, and this tournament has a notation, has a reputation for being a star maker, with eight women in the last 31 years making the AO their first career slam. We looked at the draw. We saw a lot of different things, some great first-round matchups, but the first thing I saw was Ash Barty, Naomi Osaka, looming in the round of 16, which is insane that that could happen. But I think we're all kind of praying for it. Yeah, I think we all are. I would love to see that matchup. That would be a fantastic one. Ash Barty, she has started the year out on fire. She is locked in. I loved how she played in her first event. Then she took some time to go get ready. Um, in Melbourne, and I think that uh, she's going to be, I mean, she's my favorite sort of for the event. Right behind that is Bedosa. I think Bedosa's playing some mm-hmm. top tennis as well. I love her fire. I love how she finished the year last year, so I think that she's got a great game for the hard courts there, but uh, Ash Barty is, is definitely playing some top, top tennis. Yeah, I think Bedosa, that's a good call, and her draw is very favorable for her. I think she matches up well with uh, the other players in it. I mean, the semi, the quarterfinal would be Barbara Krejcikova, who, you know, I think is a great player. She had a, a, a great win last night, but I think Bedosa Boy, did she ever. I mean, that, the, like I said, the depth of this game is crazy. I mean, there is, it, it's always tough to predict who's going to win this, and I mentioned this before, but Barty's floor, I think, is the highest. She's the most consistent. You do wonder with Naomi, if she's healthy, first of all, she didn't finish the tournament last week, but if she's healthy, she enjoys playing tennis, that power is tough to deal with. And uh, stylistically, it was why I was looking forward to that match. But And I agree. I mean, that is a fun matchup. Is Osaka with a huge ground stroke big serve against Barty with the fantastic serve placement uh, and variety of game. That, that slice is, is, is something else. Watch that match that she played against Shelby Rogers in person at the US Open. Been calling a lot of her matches, uh, but hadn't been down basically court level to see that weapon um, for a while and was so impressed with how much it bites into the court. What a shot that slice mm-hmm. is. And it's just a devastating shot. Uh, it reminds me a little bit, not necessarily, but a little bit of how Steffi used to use her slice as a weapon. People would say, oh, she didn't have, she would never come over her back. and like, she didn't need to because the thing just yeah. didn't barely even bounce off the court. Yeah, one, one of the best uh, problem solvers as well as Barty. She's won a lot of matches in the last couple of years being down early and just figuring it out. Um, the bottom of the draw is, is very exciting. We, we tend to see this in the women's side in the Grand Slams that a section will just completely open up. And a lot of people are, are obviously pointing to Sabalenka's uh, section. She's the number two seed, but it's been pretty bad the last two times on the court. The serve's been, been an issue. It's a clear case of the yips that we're seeing. This is still one of the most powerful tennis players in the world. 
and has shown the ability to beat, not just beat, but pretty much beat up anybody when she plays them. But this is going to be tough for her to overcome. It's never a good thing to be struggling with something so mightily going into a Grand Slam. Yeah, the thing about being a power player, you know, game style-wise, that, that's how I played tennis to you. You can't doubt yourself. You simply can't doubt the ground strokes. You can bring your targets in. You can hit a little bit more spin if we're talking about you can make good decisions and rallies, those kinds of things, play the patterns when you should, percentage tennis, and, and still hit the ball big. The ground strokes aren't the problem right now. It's that second serve, and it's been dismal so far down under. So that's that, – you're right. The, the yips, uh, it, you know, it's a thing to deal with. It, that mental get up and hit your serve, it's tricky. And if the serve – it can be a cascade effect. It can then affect the rest of the game. Um, and if you're thinking about it too much, that's a bad thing. So hopefully that she's gotten got there. She had plenty of time. So hopefully she got there, did some – not just some mental work, but a lot of work on the court with the serve. Maybe bring the targets in a little bit. But you got to get up and hit it. You can't be tentative, especially on second serves. That's the whole reason the kick serve was created, so you can get up and hit it as hard as the first, but put spin on it and still give yourself some nice margins on those serves. So it's going to be tough. There would be a lot of eyes, obviously, as the number two seed on Sabalenka. She's had such great results, but where did this come from? It's a weird thing. It's like It's like – you know, you go into the off season and you might identify something. Hey, what can I add to my game and help it, you know, grow a little bit? You always have to be trying to get a little yeah. bit better. Maybe the, it was a serve that identified it and they didn't put enough time on whatever it was they changed. And, and then when you go out into your matches, it's tricky. So now you don't really believe in the thing that you did the work on. It, it's, it's a tough thing to deal with. Yeah, it, there were really no signs. Even Zverev, who struggled with his serve, you kind of saw some things he was tinkering with, and he has been able to overcome it, so we hope Zeblenka is as well. Uh, just a tough situation. Hopefully she gets her head on on right going into this Grand Slam, which has a lot of first early-round early popcorn matchups. Uh, one that stood out to me was uh, our defending major champion, Emma Raducanu, taking on Sloane Stevens. Two major champs locking horns early. Uh, Raducanu... Wins that U.S. Open, goes from virtual unknown in the, in the major tennis landscape to a major champion. Has been two and three since, just doesn't have a lot of pro experience. And she's f facing a player in Sloane Stevens, newly happily married. So again, congrats to her. But she is a very dangerous player. She's battled some consistency issues. But you know when she's locked in, Jan Michael, she can beat anyone. Yeah, well, there's a couple things there. You know, Raducanu, what a story that was. What a U.S. Open. It was amazing to be there and watch all of that uh, transpire unbelievable all the things that she you know then did afterwards uh, sort of off the court the media affairs and all the wonderful events that she attended i, I think can can sidetrack you a little bit it, you know and it's an earned thing you, you got to do some of that but then eventually you have to cut it out and refocus um on the tennis and she can be a darling of the sport but when when she's on the court now guess what there's a target on her so everybody that's is going up against raducanu right now is looking to take her out. So she's going to have to get that sort of bristled, um, wonderful uh, intensity that we saw from her in the U.S. Open back and cut out the noise. That's, that's the biggest and biggest thing for her, but could be the toughest thing for her to, to accomplish. Now, Sloane Stevens on the other side of the thing, she's been a champion, and when she plays her best tennis, she has a good headspace. That's, that's the big thing for her. So being recently married, She's going to be in a very good headspace. She's going to be happy um, to be on the court. So 
So I think that's a very dangerous Sloan Stevens. I like that she played much better tennis last year. She had a fairly good year for Sloan, was more engaged in her matches than I've seen her in a few previous years where she could get a, bit, a little bit lackluster and flat in, at times. And, and that's not the great Sloan that, that I like to watch. She's one of the better athletes on the tour. Boy, she, she, she hit the ball and is a great mover. So I, I'm very much also looking forward to that match. It could be a good one. Yeah, Raducanu's attitude through the process is encouraging. She's not really getting down. She kind of understands that this is going to be, you know, a, a, a long-term, you know, journey. And I think I like that very much. So, Sloane, you hit the nail on the head. When she plays well, she is a very quick starter. She plays downhill, to use a metaphor, in another sport. Like, she just knows how to put opponents away. So, I'm, I'm very mm-hmm. excited in this matchup. Uh, as well as uh, another one that I really like, Madison Keys and Sophia Kennan. Shout out to Madison Keys who had a two-plus-hour match against Coco Golf last night, went three sets, 7-5 in the third. And we, again, talk about her consistency. Sometimes she struggles. She, you know, she's had moments under pressure where she hasn't gotten the job done. But when she's on, that power is lethal. And this, this bodes well for her to have that win, that confidence builder, going into another tough test in the first round. Well, this is a fantastic sign for, for Maddie Keys and Maddie Keys fans, um, of which I'm one. I like watching her play tennis. I like her game, the big serve, the big forehand, the attacking style. Sometimes I will be shaking my head at some of her shot choices and matches. So far this week, she has been on it, uh, staying in the rallies just slightly longer. She doesn't need to be a person who's defending and playing long points. You've got to defend a little bit and make some good decisions, at least fundamentally, on where to go with the ball at times. She's been top under pressure. She's served excellently in, in this tournament. So very happy with that. Even just looking at her match against Coco yesterday, her first serve percentage at 65%. She's winning almost 80% of those first serves in the, in the court. Boy, that's a tough thing to deal with. The second serves looked really good. So I, I love how she's playing tennis. And, and I think she's selling herself short if she's not at least in the top 20 in the world. She's got such a great game. Um, but sometimes can also lack a little bit of intensity on the court and, and sort of positive, you know, look in the eyes when she's competing in her matches. But I, I, I love how she started the year. I think it's going to be a tough match for Kennan, who's sort of looking for form. Obviously, a champion in Australia hasn't been serving great. The ground strokes, you know, we'll see if they're going to be there. Um, if, if Keys continues to serve like she's serving this week, I, I think she gets through that match. Yeah, Kennan just hasn't played a lot of tennis recently with the injuries, with some off-court stuff as well. She does have a game where she frustrates her opponents, but yeah, if if Keyes is serving well, (laughs) I I think she is at the time we record this. I think she's a slight favorite in this match, and I understand why. This is, you know, this is not a great draw for Kennan to say the least, and it could open up well. The winner of this match has a chance to really do some damage. Could be a, a situation where it's Coco Golf again looming a couple rounds later, but uh, there's there's some good ones early, and you know I mentioned I mentioned Coco. She last time we recorded was kind of flying under the radar. She's gotten into the top twenty. She's put together some good matches and beaten some mm-hmm. high quality opponents. Another player that still uh, a couple months shy of her 18th birthday. This could be her Amazing. her breakthrough. Some people even saying getting to the semifinals. Do you see that? And maybe even further than that as a ceiling she can attain at this one. I wouldn't take anything away from Coco in this in this event, and one of the reasons for that is how well she played there in Adelaide. I thought that her game looked fantastic, and I was surprised. In fact, you know, went to sleep before that match. That match was played pretty tough hours here um, in the states, 
I thought that Goff would get through that one against Keys. I, I thought that she would be able to challenge those ground strokes and put too many balls back in play. Goff did start out, start out extremely well with that 6-3 first set, but Keys had the answers and clearly was consistent enough to get through that match because Coco is moving so well, hitting the ball well out of the corner and returning extremely well. Uh, so putting the pressure on, and the serve looks better. So the the double faults that we are seeing, you know, there was seven yesterday in the match, so it's okay. That number in a three-set match isn't that crazy of a number. It's a little high maybe. You probably want to look at about four um, in a, in a three-set match because you want to be going for the second serve. She's playing offensive tennis. I like her mindset. They're, they're going out there, and she's going fairly big in the second serve, sometimes taking it to some tough places. Uh, which is gutsy. As a 17-year-old, you want to work on that second serve and then down the road have it be a weapon. I think it could be a weapon sooner than we think. The, the fundamentals have gotten better on the serve. The toss is a little bit more in, in the right spot more often. So I like what I'm seeing from Coco Goff. I love how she competes in her matches. There's so much to love about Coco Goff. So First of all, love seeing that American semifinal there. And and uh, I do think that we're going to have an American go pretty deep in this draw. Yeah, it could be Goff. Could be could Goff. Be could be Could be Keys. Goff-Bedoza could be a fourth-round match that we look forward to. There's a lot mm-hmm. to like. And uh, I think we have to kind of, you know, temper our expectations because we know upsets happen. But she is a very yeah, sure solid do. She is a very solid favorite in this one. Well, how about, how about uh, Amanda Anasimova? She, she's mm. won a tournament already and, and has the big game on the hard courts. She could surprise some people. I think that I, I love how she's playing so far this year. So there there are some great names in this, this draw. The women's tour is so stacked right now. You know, it's just lots of good tennis to, to be had down under. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Are there any other players uh, outside of the biggest names that we mentioned? Um, because I know you can you could look to an, any number of players in this field and say this is a, an opportunity to make that run and win that Grand Slam. The French Open last year, we just saw it, the draw completely unravel. But who else is standing out uh, for you? Maybe maybe looking at the matchups and saying that their game kind of translates well on this surface or some of the opponents in front of them. Who would that be uh, in addition on the women's side? Well, yeah, you have Azarenka. She she's seeded 24, so pretty low seed there for her. She's had great results down under, obviously. So Azarenka you, is one you look at as far as a seed. Benchich, she's in there, the gold medalist last year, so she's pretty confident. She's playing fairly well coming into this event, so maybe she catches fire. You know, it, it does come down, of course, to um, a couple of first-round matches, how, the, how, how those go, how the confidence kind of settles in. But, you know, you could name so many different names in these draws and and easily come up with a bunch of players that could make good runs. Yeah, a few that uh, just to kind of get your thoughts on, I think uh, no one really talks about as much as I think they should. Garbini Muguruza, she's playing well. She's a former finalist here. I think she's someone 
you know, it seems like Angelique Kerber, everyone just kind of writes her off and she's into the quarterfinals or something every year. <laughs> she keeps surprising everybody. Just, you know, we're going to write her off and then she'll go on a win streak. And uh, someone you know very well who's just keeps getting better and better, Shelby Rogers, is into the top 40 now, had the big win against Sakari. And, uh, you know, I know just, just the commitment she puts in off the court got her body into tremendous shape and the results are, you know, it, it's crazy to see that you know, after the U.S. Open, the win against Barty, it's we're going to keep working harder and keep going further, and uh, just a joy to see. Yeah, I mean, Shell's one of my favorite people, a good friend, and what she went through with her knee, and it looked like she wasn't going to be able to play this sport again at any level, and now here she is playing at the top level again, having some great wins. I'd love to see her make a run. I don't see why she can't. She's a great ground stroker. has got a good serve. She has all the answers for hard court tennis, certainly. She plays well also on the clay. I'm waiting for Shelves to win a tournament. I think she's she's got the game, and I think we'll she, we'll see her win a few in her career. So I'm just waiting on that so I can send her the, the you know the well done. Uh, but I, I think that uh, she could be an outlier to, to go pretty deep in this draw too. Also, what about Layla Fernandez? She's mm. she's played uh, obviously some pretty confident tennis in 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 New York and is looking. She's hungry. She wants to be a top ten player. She's looking for that this year. So. Part of that will come from playing well in the slam, so keeping an eye on her certainly as well. Yeah, there's no shortage of contenders. Layla Fernandez getting to the final last year with a game that's uh, very exciting as well. No, I, th- I think there. You know, we touched on it that there's any different number of ways this tournament could go. It makes it exciting, uh, and there's a lot to uh, to like. But I- I'm I'm still. I think this sh- this seems like it should be Barty's time to conquer that home slam. Maybe it will be, or, may, or maybe it won't. But, you know, we, we have to look to see what these matches are. Uh, but it would be great to see Ash Barty be the conquering hero uh, in Australia. Yeah, you know, she's beloved, and she's such a good ambassador for the women's game. And she's, just a, she's just a good person. Uh, you know, there's nothing not to love about Ash Barty. The way she competes, the way she treats her opponents fairly, uh, the way she treats everybody. Is, is she's, she's just a golden, golden gem. You know, so I think that uh, everybody would be behind that. Obviously, Australia would love to see it. Personally, I she's not an American, but I'm a huge fan. So you, you know, I I wouldn't mind seeing that myself. Thirteen major champs in this field. We'll see if one of them win or if we crown a new one. Should be exciting. Jan Michael Gamble, appreciate you coming on Tennis Channel Insight, and always a pleasure chatting. And uh, We'll have to see how right or wrong we are with some of these uh, <laughs> these uh, predictions here. But thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Mitch. It's always fun. That was Dan Michael Gamble on Tennis Channel Inside In. If you liked the episode, you can find the whole catalog on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, tennis.com slash podcast for this and all the other shows in our extensive catalog. For Dan Michael Gamble, I'm Mitch Michaels. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the 2022 Australian Open.